Hello, and welcome to Saving People, Queering Things, a Supernatural podcast. We were previously known as Driver Picks the Podcast, and the episode you're about to listen to was recorded under that name. Though our name has changed as of season three, our show hasn't changed that much. Our structure and theme-based discussions are the same, and we're so glad you're here. Now, let's get on the road. Hello, and welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, the show where we talk about ghosts, road trips, and free will through every episode of the TV series Supernatural. Today, we are exploring season two, episode 12, Night Shifter, through the theme of technology. I am Abigail, your host. My pronouns are they, them. And joining me today is the dream team. We have Jacob and Sam back to bring chaos. Can you both introduce yourself again? All right. So I'm Sam. Uh, (laughs) I'm really... (laughs) (laughs) The chaos begins. What a great intro. Wow. Okay. I'm Jacob. That was the bit. I was trying to be... Okay, go. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Hello, I'm Jacob. My pronouns are he, him. Are you sure about that? Yes. Yes, I am sure. And and I'm also excited to see what happens because I have never watched this show. I don't know what's going on. Abigail, what are you excited about with this episode? <laughs> I am excited to get to say mandroid a bunch of times because I think it's dumb and funny. Not oh, well, mandroid. Because that's sexist to just be mandroid, right? I'm not sure of the logistics of that, actually. So we'll we'll, we'll come back to it. Okay. Uh, so it is now time for our series recap, The Road So Far. This is what has happened so far in season two. We are officially halfway through this season which is exciting. At the beginning of season one, uh, John Winchester, Sam and Dean's father, traded his life for Dean's and died subsequently at the hands of the yellow-eyed demon. We have also met several more special children with strange powers, as well as some hunters that have been trying to kill them all so they don't go quote-unquote dark side. John himself told Dean that he had to save Sam or else kill him. And that brings us to this episode and to our 30-second recap. Who's going? Who is going first today? Not I. You know what? I'm going to go first this time because I can. Are you um, making yourself? Are you making a bit, or are you just going for it? I am. I'm just going to do a normal, regular 30 second recap. Yes. Ready, set, go. In this episode, we find out that a shapeshifter has been impersonating normal people and committing robberies and killing the people that he is impersonating. We find this out because Ronald, this nice man has been tracking and figured out who it is and decides to hold up a bank in order to try and stop the mandroid as he calls it but it's not actually a mandroid it's a shapeshifter and Sam Dean have to uh, stop it and then the FBI show up and reveal they have been tracking them for weeks okay well done okay Jacob sorry in advance no you're not no I'm not (laughs) okay Jacob three two one go on John McClain, mid-30s, good-looking, athletic, and tired from his trip. He sits by the window. He relies on... He, his relief on landing is subtle, but we notice. Suddenly, he hears a salesman's voice. You don't like flying, do you? McClain turns and looks at the Babbitt clone next to him. Caught, he tenses, holds his armrest in exaggerated fear. McClain, no, no, where'd you get that idea? Salesman, smiling. You want to know the secret to successful air travel? You, after you get where you're going, take off your shoes and socks. Then you walk around on the rug barefoot and make fists with your toes. That was a... It's the script of Die Hard. Uh, yes, it was the script of Die Hard this episode. But very five minutes hard. in, you were like, this is very Die Hard. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Is why I chose this episode for you to come on. Perfect. Because I thought you would appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> All right. You re- All right. Three, two, one. 
Go. Okay, so there's this these robberies, and there's this dude who, um, Ronald, who decides to take matters into his own hands and figure out the mystery, and then Sam and Dean follow him. Nope, he followed Sam and Dean. Anyways, then they just basically just run around this bank trying to find the shapeshifter until they find him and kill him, and then the feds arrive and other stuff happens. That was good. That was good. You got the um, them running around the bank, which is a large part of this episode. It is now time for us to discuss this episode through our chosen theme, and this week our theme is technology. Let's jump in with any notes on theme and episode. Well, for reference, we Abigail made a, a, a wheel with all of the themes on it and spun it a couple times, and we picked a couple and we're like, all right. We'll pick one of these themes depending on what it we felt was the best theme for this episode. Yeah. And I think it was the like second scene where we were in Ronald's house and his crazy man rant about uh, technology. And we just looked at each other and we're like, technology. Technology. Ronald's whole, <laughs> Ronald's whole like interpretation of what's been going on centers around technology because he believes it's aliens. Robots. Uh, sorry, no, mandroids. Mandroids. Yeah, it's, I think it's interesting that he jumps to technology as the, like, this is the evil that's, this is the, like, yeah, which is an interesting, like, he makes a reference later on to the men in black. Like, it's very much like his, he, you know, the magazine he holds up and shows Sam and Dean is talking about, like, Cybermen, which is, like, who reference as well. Like, he's very fixated on clearly, like, the science fiction of like robot the robots are here and they're evil and they're trying to take over yeah then it being a supernatural creature yeah i i mean like thinking about it from like a normal world perspective that's a way more way more makes sense than it being like a fantasy yeah. thing and there's being monsters yeah. and stuff around yeah so what we're saying is that ronald's reaction is pretty reasonable that's what i was struck well, with in this episode well okay i was struck with a couple things in this episode not his is not all of his reactions are reasonable i think what was striking to me in this episode is that like his interpretation of the situation he has incorrectly identified the monster mm -hmm. but he has correctly identified pretty much everything else he's figured out that it's changing into people's forms He's figured out that it seems to be an exact copy. He's figured out that, like, he's figured out the pattern that they seem to be, like, robberies. Like, he's figured out... He figured out where they were going to go next. Yeah, like, he figured out a lot of... He's, like... He did all the exposition that uh, Dean and Sam didn't have to do at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah, but I also think it's interesting because he's clearly used technology to figure all this out. Like, yes. he is used he's printed off photos he's he done the vcr player he knew how to record he knew he recorded he says he recorded an extra one of the tape the security okay. tapes so that he could keep one. Oh yeah because this guy was the security guard at the jewelry shop right uh no i've uh the other bank. The other bank. Yeah, oh, the other okay. bank. Right. The second one that we hear of in the episode. Right. And he sees, he figures out that the eyes, you can see the eyes differently on the screen. The, the laser eyes. Yeah. The la oh, yeah. The laser eyes. The laser eyes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He, yeah, he figures out, like, he pretty much puts all of the pieces together. And, like, I think it's Dean that even says that to Sam later on. He says, you know, like, this guy did, like, all of our work for us. Like, mm -hmm. he tracked him. He, like, led them right to it and like they would have gotten there 
mm-hmm. I think on their own, but he saves them a lot of time and potentially actually enables them to intervene faster than they would have. If- yeah. Yeah. They probably would have missed this. They probably would have missed this bank robbery and then would have to probably track him down for quite a while before they figured out where he's going next. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's interesting, obviously like the first thing the shifter does when they're once they're in the, or like not, sorry, not the first thing the shifter does. The first thing the police do is they shut down the power so mm-hmm. that they can like, once they realize it's a hostage situation, they shut down the power so that they can, um, yeah, kind of try and isolate and take away some of the um, abilities of the hostage of the, the what they see as a kidnapping. Kidnapped. And then Sam and Dean have to change their plan because their original plan was to be watching the cameras and looking at the eyes of everybody, all the hostages. But then their plan has to change because the cameras are turned off. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that happens a couple of times in this episode too, because their plan originally too is also, let's keep all of the people in one spot so that we know where they are. And then that plan goes to hell. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot, something in the, in this episode, I think about like technology being really helpful when it works, but also being a bit of a double-edged sword because technology is what, also makes this situation way messier like what we think of technology is not just like electronics but like the gun that they the guns that they have mm-hmm. are technology the knife the silver knife that they use is tech is a piece of technology mm-hmm. um this situation yeah. is made a lot worse by the technology that they have as well yeah it brought it brought tension like there is the one shot of when dean came back to all the people in the vault and they saw that he had a gun too it was like that kind of like shifted their view of dean from being like oh another one of the hostages to oh you're working with this guy or oh they're you're taking over the situation and like Mm -hmm. the view of that gun like completely changed their the perspective of the situation yeah it's also interesting, like the whole, like Victor Hendrickson, the, the FBI agent has been able to track Sam and Dean using technology. Like he rolls up and goes, you know, I've been tracking these guys for weeks or months. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, the only way he's been able to track them has been, he's been putting together these patterns. He's been using the technology. We already know that like the reason that they're in the, on the cops radar is because of security footage mostly like, and from, from St. Louis, from um, season one, episode six, and also from season two episode seven the usual suspects both of those are situations where there were camera footage of both sam and dean in sticky situations where it was unclear how responsible they were for deaths and both of those times they managed to like slide out but this time like they've been technology has like set like the pat their pattern has been noted by hendrickson Mm -hmm. yes yes both of those episodes that i have watched (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. Jacob, get with the program. You know what? There's so many episodes. I just can't get them straight in my mind, you know? <laughs> other like other thoughts on the episode itself in terms of in terms of technology or just in terms uh in general. I'm like, interested to hear your thoughts, Jacob, because you haven't seen any of the recent episodes. I gave you a recap before mm-hmm. we started watching. This episode's kind of on it stands on its own, but yeah, I'm interested in what you think of this episode thing. just in general as a as a, as an enclosed story. Mm-hmm. No, it's very interesting. It it was a pretty like unique uh well, I mean they're all kind of unique, like especially the ones that are like 
not story related. They're just kind of like filler episodes, Mm -hmm. which the last couple that we watched, besides the season one finale, were all pretty like this one, family one, the Benders, the Benders, and the Scarecrow one. Oh, Scarecrow, yeah. We're all kind of like they're one offs. They're monster of the week, and they're like unique in their own way. Mm -hmm. Like the Scarecrow one was like a horror movie. The Benders one was like a horror movie, but a different kind of horror movie. Horror movie, and then this one was like a diehard like cop movie kind of. Yeah, like suspense. That's part of why I chose this episode for you to come on because I thought you really enjoy the genre. Like the, it's interesting. Supernatural has like a couple of genres it sticks to, Mm -hmm. but this is an episode where we are really mixing up the genres because even though it is a a fantasy creature, a supernatural creature of shapeshifters, it is still very much. Yeah, it feels like a it feels like a heist movie. It feels yeah, it's very diehard. I'm surprised we didn't get any diehard distinct diehard references actually considering yeah it's not a one for one like there's more shows like more shows that share this than diehard diehard is a very specific type of this kind of thing Mm -hmm. there's yeah they definitely could have added some sort of like diehard reference but i'm also not surprised that they didn't because they didn't i don't feel like the episode needed to that's fair because like because so many cop shows are have the sim have similar like episode arc Mm -hmm. so um one of the notes that i have you've noticed it's funny this is actually one of the few times i actually did didn't take any actual physical notes. I took mental notes, but I didn't take any physical notes. There are no notes in the document. Keener. I didn't take any, which is that's not cheating. Teacher that I said keener. Oh, keener. Yeah. This is because last time you got high and wrote a bunch of really in- ineligible notes. Oh yeah, that's what happened last time. They were good notes. Oh, they're phenomenal notes. Last time I actually wrote coherent notes. That's boring. Yay, share them, please. Yeah, one of the notes that I wrote just as like a general about this episode is because I'm always watching Sam. We know this. He's my favorite. <laughs> I'm glad we have a Sam. Uh, Sam girl in our hosting group because oh come on I stand Sam good hey we got two of you then I'm a Sam I'm a Sam stan here we go I have two of you Uh, there yay I would like to point out already Sam's voice did drop (laughs) from season season. one you did notice that I noticed well no the only thing because I remember the one time I watched an episode with friends I had seen like memes and stuff. And so I kind of had an idea what they sounded like. And then when I listened, when I watched it, I was like, what is happening to these? Like, what is happening right now? Because I did not expect them to have that deep of voices. <laughs> like both of them to have like that, like, I don't know, like belly voices. Deep gravelly voices. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Jensen Ackles has said in con appearances that like, the reason that he has Dean's voice so low, especially in the first season, is actually because he was he he was like, well, Dean like wants to be like his dad, and so he imitates his dad in a lot of ways, including like dropping his voice register so that he'll sound more deep and manly. Um, nice. And then that kind of like goes away a little bit later on, but then his own voice actually did does deepen yeah. over time. And he kind of just like, it was a persona thing. And it is very funny because it does. Oh, I hope he keeps that persona for the boys. For oh, I hope so. Soldier Boy. I'm really glad you mentioned that because I am so accustomed to the show that I forget that their voices are abnormally low. But anytime I knew that's like one of the first things a lot of new watchers say. It's funny because I was watching this episode with my girlfriend and she hasn't seen the show, but she mentioned how Dean's voice is very intense. She made a comment about Dean's voice. So that's funny. If I talked like Dean all the time, you would be so shocked whenever you heard me talk. Because this is exactly how he talks all the time. <laughs> then you got you gotta like have like an intense like shout. Sam, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty good. Um, that's good. I am a man. It was good. I have 
a deep voice. <laughs> or I can. No. Thank you. I take pride in that. Um, Having a deep voice, not yeah. being a man. Congratulations. In today's world. <laughs> Sam, you had a point you were going to make before we got really derailed. That wasn't really de derailed. Come on. I we mean, were derailed for like minutes. All go right. for it, Sam. Make your point. Um, my point was when I was watching Sam and Dean, because usually Sam, generally, not always, but generally, especially in the earlier seasons, Sam is more of the one who like will take on interacting with people and is like better at kind of like being the sensitive one. Connecting with the victim. Yeah. And this episode, Dean was the one who really connected with Ronald and yeah, understood him and like reassured him. And Sam was the one who was like more annoyed and not as sensitive, which is kind of a sweat. Well, the, his, the thing though with Sam is like, he even mentioned his reasoning for that was because like, he didn't want to get him in hurt because he like, he figured yeah. it out. And so he was mm -hmm. like, no, I don't want this guy to get hurt. So yeah, he was trying to protect. Yeah. In his own way, he was like trying to be sensitive and protecting him. But yeah. then Dean was kind of, using him with his knowledge and like wanted to like utilize oh, him point. I think almost. yeah I didn't really fully see it as like him wanting to utilize I mean yes he utilizes his knowledge but I think he also I think one of the interesting things with like their interaction with victims across all of the episodes we've seen so far is that like you said Sam Sam tends to connect with the victims on like a really compassionate note a lot of time and I think he also often connects with like victims who are like very much like overwhelmed by supernatural world existing who are like this can't be real like this I can't believe that you know monsters are real all I wanted was to be normal because Sam really like identifies yeah. with that as a character whereas I think Dean tends to respond really well with victims that are either children or also like figure it out and are like a little bit more gung-ho about like engaging like Ronald like Ronald is huge nerd and Dean is also a huge nerd. And so, so I think Dean has a lot of respect for the fact that Ronald's put this together and also mm -hmm. recognizes in Ronald, he's not going to let this go. Like he wants to be involved. Why don't we let him? Mm -hmm. um, Ronald has no idea what he's getting himself into. Really, really unfortunately in this episode, like they're not able to save Ronald and his mm -hmm. like, his, his really good hearted attempt to try and stop the monster, like only results in his own death. Spoiler alert. Yes. If you didn't watch the episode before listening to this, which, which would be an odd choice. You never know. You never know. Yeah. But I'd like to point, that's why I love Sam, because I relate to him, because he's a soft boy, and I'm a soft boy. Ah. Yes, me too. I'm also a soft boy. I would nice. argue that Dean is also a soft boy, but for different reasons. So I respect. Yeah, but Sam is like outwardly soft boy. <laughs> okay, that's fair. He's Dean soft is, and squishy. Is... Yeah, Sam is very soft and squishy on the outside. See, that's why I relate to Dean, because. Because you're hard and cold on the outside and soft and squishy on the inside. <laughs> that's what you <laughs> That's what you just said. I wasn't, wasn't going to split it like that, but you know. <laughs> Wow. Not cold on the outside. I'm just like guarded. Snarked and guarded. Cold. Thanks. Thanks for that, Jacob. Doing tons for my self-esteem over here. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that you make that made that point though, Sam, because it is an interesting flip for them that we don't see as often. And it does make this episode quite different. Mm -hmm. in terms of like Sam is very much like we just need to get the job done we need to like find the shifter we need to kill the shifter mm -hmm. we need to get out of here Dean's a lot more like let me interact with the people and mm. make sure that this like random person doesn't get hurt and yeah because I wonder if he sees a bit of himself in Ronald 
I think he absolutely sees a lot of himself in Ronald because I think he experienced as a kid learning about the hunting world and being, you know, he talks in other episodes. He talked in an episode a few episodes ago. He talked about, you know, his dad taking him to shoot for the first time when he was like six or seven. Like he's grown up around this sort of stuff and he's kind of morbidly fascinated by, I think, a lot of this supernatural lore stuff. And so he is like, you know, his dad taught him to be like a quote unquote hero, like to be heroic. Mm. And so he maybe sees that in Ronald where he sees Ronald being like, there's a monster. I'm going to like go. Well, yeah, yeah. Get it. There's that shot when they were leaving the office and like Ronald turns around to close the door and he's smiling. And then he even tells the cops, like, I'm not a kidnapper. I'm actually a crime fighter. I'm like, sure. He has really bad judgment. He makes really bad judgment calls. Like, he's not good at. He's not a he's smart not a- dude. He's not I mean, good he's a smart at- dude, but he's not like a socially smart dude. Yeah. He does not, rec- I don't think he grasps the gravity of the, mm-hmm. of the situation. Like, mm-hmm. he's put all the pieces together but he's not actually equipped to like be hunting the monster. No. He's very oh, clearly very equipped to do the research, mm-hmm. but he has no idea what he's doing, which actually reminds me a little bit of the first episode where they go on a hunt with Joe. Joe has put Joe as a, a, a female hunter that they've met who hasn't been actually on a lot of hunts, but also grew up with hunting parents. <gasps> oh yeah. And she in 206, they go on this hunt and Joe has put this whole hunt together. She's done all the research, but she doesn't have a ton of actual hunting experience. And part of the conversation, a conversation her and Dean have is like, she calls Dean out because she's like, are you being a misogynist? Like saying, I can't do the job. You think women can't do the job. And And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, women can do the job. Amateurs can't do the job. And that's, I see some parallels there with Ronald, except that Joe actually is very capable of doing the job and proves it in that episode. Whereas Ronald is actually a civilian. Like Joe is not actually a civilian. Ronald is actually a civilian. And and he unfortunately, wildly unsafe in this episode. Got shot two feet above above his patookus. It's actually really sad. I really yeah that was a sad moment because Ronald again like you know as much as his hunting abilities are obviously like non-existent he his heart was really in the right place um mm-hmm. though we will point out not a great Hold solving problems with yeah like maybe don't solve try to solve a problem that you don't have enough information for by taking a machine gun into a bank with a bunch of people mm-hmm. it's a uniquely uniquely american solution to a problem yeah that was something that we, we yeah. mentioned. Was like yeah it's just like the most american solution to this problem that you could like think of and i think it was just the ease of having an assault rifle do you already have this technology oh, he probably or did, he, did but like he does not seem like the kind of dude that would like have had a but you also yes he was a security oh, guard i so. could absolutely see him with how crazy he was in the first bit and like how preparing himself he was that mm. there's an alien invasion he probably right. had a gun at that point if he's a little bit of a conspiracy also, theory but theorist. also could have just picked it up on the way there like as if you were going to pick up a loaf of bread from the from walmart yeah back in 2006 yeah well, even now you can still buy guns like it's, true. like it's nobody's business. Uh, but I also think that this is like, like he's scared. And yeah. so even at that point, he's scared because he's like, no one believes me. I got to do something about this. And so like, it's just his fear that's like making him make these stupid decisions of like, yeah. I just need to do this and do it this way instead of doing it the smart way. And like, it's that whole <clears throat> thing where like fear makes us do or fear, get fear gives us the opportunity sometimes to make really dangerous decisions because we think that something is going to be a solution even if he's correct like he has all this information like he knows it's a shape he knows it's a mandroid or a shapeshifter he like he knows all these things but like he doesn't know he doesn't have any strategy 
mm-hmm. into this. He just goes in being afraid and being like, I have to do this this way because nobody else will listen to me. Mm-hmm. I have gone to the police multiple times and told them what I saw. They didn't believe me. They laughed in my face. They told me I was crazy. They told me I was making things up. Mm-hmm. My only recourse is to do something drastic. And that's, I mean, speaks to the power of like believing people when they tell us things of I wonder what would have happened if Sam and Dean had actually just sat him down and been like, no, you're right. This is what we think it is. Like you are, you're right in the sense that like, this is not human Mm -hmm. and we will let you help us. But like, we're not going to like go in guns blazing. We're not going to put you in harm's way. Like, I wonder if this story could have ended differently for Ronald if someone had taken his fear seriously. I think, no, I think it would have been the same because if they had told him, see, this is how I see it playing out. If they had just straight up told him, it probably would have played out almost exactly the same. I don't think, I don't think so. Here's, but it would, well, not exactly the same. His plan would have been slightly different. He would have showed up regardless, I think, because he would have been wanting to help. Well, but the thing is, I wonder in that scenario, if he goes with them, like, I wonder if if he goes, if he legitimately, they wouldn't let him go with them. No, exactly. But, I think they wouldn't have let him, but he but wouldn't have he, he would have showed up anyways. That's what I'm saying. He just would have been more informed. Yeah. But I wonder if they would also have had, it would have given them more an opportunity. He would have been less likely to, like he would have been more likely to show up and listen to them as opposed to like jumping in with a stupid plan because they would have been able to say, we're pretty sure it's a shapeshifter. This is how you kill it. He's a lot less likely to run in with a machine gun. Yeah. His, his fear is a lot less likely to lead to other people's deaths or his own death. However, well, yes and no. Because he might be able to actually be covert, like, because they were going to go go in and try and figure out who this was. He might have avoided a hostage situation, which the reason he dies is not actually because of the monster. It's because of the hostage situation. He gets mm-hmm. sniped. Yeah. And I, like, I really want to think about it, like, a different, like, about about a different ending if he, like, I don't want to think that his, his death was inevitable in this episode. Here's my thought. I think it would have, ha- I think, regardless if Ron was there or not, it would have turned out the same way because of what's his face that oh because of henderson right so we end up with a hostage situation either way I but maybe that, ronald is not involved yes but if he had shown up like i like then it probably would have been the exact same thing because when like he yeah. found out that it was shapeshifters he still had the gun he still yeah he still made he some... never died because of his fear he just died because he was stupid and walked into the light and got shot yeah i mean i think so yeah it depended it really depends on if he actually would have listened to them or not my guess like as a writing as a writer it he probably would have gone gone with them anyways because they needed the conflict of having this guy to try and screw it to like yeah screw it up i think from a story perspective it's a it's a good it's good for them to bring in someone who who is almost a hunter like who almost is trying who's playing at hunting i think it's a good story thing it just sucks from a like you know human standpoint do you have any other notes sam that you had on your list i did have one um i have this note saying how like this is might be just a little bit more personal for dean and the reason was because i was wondering because before he was he's been identified by the police he's wanted by the police because he was caught on film murdering someone so my question is was yeah that was a shifter situation as well was it the shifter that was caught on camera or was that actually Dean? It was the shifter. Yeah. So that's why I made that note of being like, this is also a shifter situation. So this could be more personal, more of a personal hunt for Dean because of that, because knowing that like he's wanted because of this shifter in the past, 
Yeah, I think that's a good note. Uh, so that's going to bring us to the end of our theme discussion. And next, we're going to move into our going meta segment where we're tracking lore, the Bechdel test, pop culture, all that fun stuff. First off, uh, deaths in this episode. We have Ronald. We have two other unnamed victims from the jewelry store and the other bank robbery. Mm-hmm. And then we have, within the episode itself, we have Sherry. Sherry. Unnamed black un- guy. Yeah. Not Sherry. Sherry didn't die. Yeah, no, Sherry didn't die. So, so it's just unnamed just, black guy. So we have four. We have four in this episode. Next, we have the Bechdel test. We're not going to beat this dead horse. Um, It doesn't pass. Again. How many episodes so far have passed? Probably count on one hand. Next, we have our lore check. There's not a lot of lore in this episode. Um, It's our second appearance of shapeshifters, but we don't learn anything new about them that we didn't already know. The only thing is Sam mentions that it's faster at shifting than the mm. one they met in St. Louis. This is the first time we're meeting, what's his face though? Uh, Victor Hendrickson. Yeah, so he FBI seems agent. to, from what you told me, and it seems like he's a he's going to be a, a big name character. And so it seems like- Yeah, he's a pain in the ass. Plus the whole repeated, like kind of, getting back into the Dean being dead. Oh, now he's not dead with that. So it's like kind of continuing that timeline, that storyline. Yeah, we've opened that up wide open with the yeah. end of this. Because this episode, like, it opens up the possibility, like even they say it at the end of the episode when they get into the Impala and they're getting away, they're like, Dean's like, we are so screwed. And yeah. it's very true. They are so very screwed. Even though, even though this was kind of like its own episode, it's still main storyline implications. Yeah foreshadowing in terms of the story this story is set in milwaukee wisconsin and in terms of filming locations it is filmed at a canadian staple a royal bank of canada in new westminster is it really yeah yeah at least one of the bank scenes is i i always see those kind of banks at in movies where it's just this grand like building and i'm like i've never been in a bank that looks like that maybe it's an american thing Maybe there are more banks like that. And next, pop culture. So there are four references. There was a fucking diehard reference, (laughs) and we both missed it. We have to amend our earlier statement that there are no diehard references. Um, There's diehard reference. Dean calls Sam Agent Johnson, reference one of the FBI agents in Die Hard. Yeah. Yep. Which I think is in the conversation when Dean is saying, you know, you make a really good fed. Like he's like, he's uh, unimpressed that Sam makes such a good FBI agent, which is also hilarious because this is going to be one of the earlier times of many, many times they are going to pretend to be FBI agents. They get very good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, At least in terms of a movie situation, they get very good at it, um, at pretending to be FBI agents. There is also a Terminator reference, a Men in Black reference and a Doctor Who reference. The Terminator reference is, you know, Dean asking if he means robotic men like from T2 like he specifically references Terminator um Ronald asks Sam and Dean if they're the men in black when he realizes that they're not FBI and then we talked earlier about the um uh, Doctor Who magazine that Mm. Ronald has about Cybermen yeah which is very um 2006 of this episode Mm -hmm. I will say uh, roughly that um well you know Sam and I were watching Doctor Who at around this this era so that, that's a it's a fun reference i appreciate yes i also appreciated it and lastly we have our gaydar sexuality and gender connections in this episode there's not a lot there is a weird bit of like hero worship sort oh, of sherry. from sherry Ugh. but knowing that that's the shifter what's that the shifter at I, that point it, unclear unclear okay. at what point actually i don't think no, that's no i think that's actually before because it was it was the unnamed black guy that was the shifter right at that, at point. that point yeah 
that was weird well it was because like at that point they thought he was a hostage as well and thought he was like trying to be a hero and, and save them insane. and then when he shows which up which is with he the what gun, he's doing actually yeah. <laughs> and then when he shows up with the gun she like completely changed her mind and was like oh you're you know in with him or whatever so yeah it's just a weird gendered response that feels kind of unrealistic i don't know if you what you thought sam about this yeah it seemed pretty played up it doesn't read to me like as like that most people in general regardless of the gender in a situation as stressful and terrifying as that that you're going to be like fawning over this guy that you think is saving you yep it's now time for our last segment of the episode and that is picking a theme song one thing we've been doing this season is we've been creating a little episode mixtape every week oh my do i have to pick a song so you can pick a song any anything at all related or unrelated anything that even makes you think of this episode in any way this episode's fun for this because this episode also has the iconic this episode ends with some iconic music that is going to come back it's the first episode where we get i'm a wanted man we get the the last scene is set to some really great music about the fact that they are now like um hey mama i'm in fear from my for my life from the long arm of the law. Like that line, the, that song is going to come back a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time. And so they, they use music really strongly in this episode. But I want to hear what music you think works for this episode. Go ahead, Sam. Um, okay, the first thing that popped into my head without any thought at all, just when you said pick a theme song, was the the Pink Panther theme song. I adore that for okay. so many reasons. <laughs> Um, but then upon th- further thought, I have a better one. Um, wanted Dead or Alive. Which again is also yes. going to be a song that we're going to come, we're going to have connected to the show. So I like it. CSI Miami theme. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I, yep. Yep. Um, and the song I'm going to bring is Wanted Man by Johnny Cash. Nice. Again, kind of a classic, but you know, going along with the theme of we got the law on our asses. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see more of that soon. That is the end of our show. Thank you both for being here and look forward to having you again. Yes. You can subscribe to Driver Fix the Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and come talk to us on Discord or follow us on social media for bonus content and talk to us about the episode. The link to all of that is in the show notes. Thank you to all of our listeners for coming along for the ride and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again. Next week, we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 13, Houses of the Holy, through the theme of mercy. A note to our listeners. This episode was recorded prior to our Season 3 name change, where we went from Driver Picks the Podcast to Saving People, Queering Things. For all of our new social media platforms, visit QueeringThingsPodcast.com.